All right, friends, we are on. Thank you for reading. We're on uh, chapter 20 today, which is the Of Christian Liberty and Liberty of Conscience section. We um, will be looking, as we looked at the law the last two weeks, we're going to be looking at the liberty we have in Christ today. So glad you all are here. Uh, glad to be with you this morning. So we're going to get into it. The first thing we must uh, understand about Christian liberty is the positive benefits that the gospel brings to us. Faith in the gospel brings us extraordinary benefits that that we should just take for granted. And that's what the first section of the confession is about this week. Uh, Now, we're going to just run through them real fast. Number one, this liberty is uh, consisting in the freedom from guilt of sin. Hugely important. No guilt from sin. Massively important, massively a part of the um, Christian message. Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. This is central to everything we've heard and believed. That's just the, that's just the entryway, though. That's the foyer. That's the, uh, the, the, just the, the beginning point. Listen to this. The condemning wrath of God, the curse of the moral law. You see, uh, can someone get Genesis 3.13 for me real fast? Let's get it. We're going to read a few passages that will back up these lessons. You just need to see this one. I'll read it. Yeah, thank you. Everybody get there. Okay. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I meant Galatians 3.13. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. Galatians. It's a great verse. Yeah. What have you done, woman? Galatians. Galatians 3. That, yes, ma'am. 3.13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Thank you. Yeah, we just don't believe that God's a big softy now. He was a hard, you know, disciplined. He's going to judge you for all your sins. And now he's going to, there's going to be this like, hey, everybody gets in free now. You know, I'm just kind of changing my program. And now because of what Christ did, you have the opportunity to exercise faith. And now you get a free pass. You know, it's a get out of jail free time. You know, you got the lucky cards now because you're born in this time period where you have this opportunity. Now, that's what we don't believe. That's what we don't believe, right? I mean, because what this teaches in this, in this verse that you just read, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. That's why, that's why it's just that God gives us all of these benefits. These are purchased benefits. These are really paid for. So God is just in dispensing them graciously and freely to you because they are earned by Christ. It says... He redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. And he, and he appeals to Leviticus, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. We're getting ahead of ourselves there. We're going to get to hear about the spirit as well. So, But that is the, uh, the essence of the gospel is it's in Christ. It's not in you. Uh, it, it comes about these are real Benefits purchased because the curse of the moral law has been satisfied in Christ. So therefore, there's no curse for you. There's no guilt for you. There's no wrath for you, no condemning wrath for you who have faith in Christ because it is all in Him. So that's the first freedoms. It says, now let's talk about 
That happened at the cross. At the cross, it's in time and history. It's objective. It's doctrinally, it's historical. It's all these things. Now let's talk about the freedoms we experience uh, as benefits from that. Uh, first, we're delivered from this present evil world. Okay, uh, what is uh, what, we can talk about? What that means? Bondage to Satan and dominion of sin. If you flip back to Galatians one four. Uh, it says, uh, prior to that, it says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of the Father. Now, so we're delivered from this evil age or this world, this principle against God. We used to be part of this, but now we're not a part of it anymore. We do not engage in this rebellion against the Lord. We are delivered from it. We are no longer in bondage to Satan and the dominion of sin. As Romans 6.14 says, you're no longer under the law, but under grace. Set free from sin. Now, as you think about, uh, it is also from the evil of afflictions. Uh, now, let's talk about what the freedom means. Uh, does it mean that you're free from afflictions? That's a huge distinction, right? <laughs> a huge distinction. You are not in Christ at this time free from afflictions, right? Everyone would agree to that. But this is a very good distinction. It says you're free from the evil of afflictions. What could they possibly mean when they say that? That's a great distinction, I think. What are they saying? Well, it says it. Everlasting damnation, the victory of the grave. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. So you have uh, the, freedom from the freedom from the evil of afflictions, the sting of death, the victory of the grave, and, and you're free from everlasting dominion. So in the future, damnation. yeah, damnation. And absolutely, you're free from damnation. Yes. I want to say that those are all se separate things that it's listing here. So, so yeah, I mean, so absolutely, you, you are, think about, so you're not free from afflictions. You are merely free from the evil of afflictions. So, and one of those examples would be, like you said, death, right? We are, we are still subject to death, but we miss out on the sting of death, right? That's what we're free from. We are, we are we have the grave, but we don't have the the defeat of the grave. We have the victory over the, of the grave, the victory of the grave. Right? That's the end for of our struggle with death and sin. We stand on the on the on the edge of Jordan. We are we're entering the promised land. So the victory of the grave, and we're free from everlasting damnation. Now, but I think this evil of, of afflictions really gets into the. Let's see what are our, our scripture proofs here. Romans eight twenty eight. Can someone quote that for me? And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Yeah, absolutely. So, so when evil happens, it is evil and it's a curse. But for a believer, it is not a curse, right? We're free from the evil of afflictions, right? In that regard, we're we're free from the we're free from all that because the curse was placed on. Jesus. It all goes together. Right? Like with this sin and misery that we are in a state of, apart from Christ, is not where we live anymore. We live in a state of grace and salvation. So we are in a completely different world, uh, if that makes sense. So we will endure afflictions, but they are not the evil afflictions. They are afflictions which would include fatherly discipline and, and care, loving leading toward the wilderness, right? These are things that the Father does for His children. So I think there's a, there's a real big, big uh, aha moment when we read that Romans 8.28, and we're like, yes, that's what they're talking about. 
these these folks had to deal with a lot of afflictions and they are taking their uh, theology from the Bible and saying this is this is what we can bank on that we are free from the evil of afflictions and we can say the same today all right everybody good okay when we see our friends sharing this verse on Facebook <clears throat> saying that everything will be fine you're yeah. gonna win you're gonna buy the car well just tell them to read <laughs> 10 verses earlier and says for I consider that the sufferings of this present time mm. are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Yeah. So if you wish to be blessed like Paul, that yeah. means you're going to be in a Roman prison, abandoned by your friends, slashed every day, mm-hmm. and yet you're winning because you're winning. Christ is your victory. Yeah. So, yes, victory there. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's a lot of the times it's bigger than us, right? I mean, like, uh, so when Paul is being bludgeoned and, and, and uh, whipped and everything like this, you can think of uh, Pharaoh being one of them. In the next chapter, he would say, and this evil man was raised up to proclaim God's glory, right? To be defeated, essentially. He is he's raised up and hardened to be defeated. So as you think of that, uh, you know, it may not be that you see the good, like everything turned around in your lifetime. You may get slaughtered, you know, for the sake of your faith. You may be martyred, but that's ultimately going to turn around ultimately. So, so it's for God's glory when you triumph with Christ, uh, that you will be triumphing over uh, the enemy. Fascinating point, right? That good, uh, all things work together for the good doesn't mean that you always get the job that you want or the car or things of that nature. You know, these are things that we, we will have afflictions. And as we see the curse doesn't, we, we are under the, we are under the, uh, the, the, the creation that's groaning. You know, we're under this, uh, hey, work is difficult. Uh, marriage is difficult. Uh, relationships are difficult. These things are hard because of the presence of sin in the cursed world and the cursed creation itself, as we see in Romans 8, is groaning, looking for redemption, looking for the day. All right, so with that said, we are free from the evil afflictions. We're free from the sting of death. We're not free from afflictions, death, the grave, or everlasting life, but we are free of the evil, the sting, the, the victory, of the, or the, the, the defeat of the grave, and the damnation that occurs in eternity. Okay, those there's just real distinctions that the freedom of Christ it sets us free from these future and present realities. Okay, let's talk about some positives uh, as well in the current state that we are in, and it's a state of salvation, no longer being under the curse of sin and misery, uh, but we are under the uh, state of salvation and grace. We have free access to God. How wonderful! How wonderful. Like, you know, I, I was chatting with a, a person in, uh, in Oklahoma City at this restaurant, and I wanted to tell him, you know, he talks to, he, this is a guy who talks to uh, priests and, and people. He's always curious about, he's a, he's a seeker, right? He's looking to, he's looking to learn. And he, and he talks to me occasionally, he, call, he emails me occasionally, I'll go meet with him. And so I'm telling him about justification. I'm telling him about it's judicial, it's, it's finished in Christ, it is objective, it's a reality that we can trust in that God keeps his promises and that he's, he's done something. And so we, as a believer, can walk into the, into the, so to speak, into the throne room of God and approach the throne and receive confidently his mercies. We can appeal to his mercies by the basis of an advocate, by a real advocate who's taken the curse, who's truly imputed his righteousness to us by grace, and we can take up our privileges, take up our, our what is owed to us by God's gracious, just salvation he's given us. So I think there's a, there's a, and he's like, this guy's like, this is not anything I've ever heard. This is not what we hear. 
You know, we're talking about wilderness today and, and, it, and in, the, in, the, in the sermon. And, and we're, we're hearing a lot of times people talk about, well, God leads you through wilderness sometimes, you know, because those things happen. And, you know, well, you know, the, the problem is like I am wilderness. Like I am the problem. Like, yeah, so I, I have a lot of wilderness in me. And it's not just that I'm good and I, and I need to like maybe clean up a little bit here. Uh, and, and God's going to modify some things. But no, no, I have all of these issues in myself, but God completely gives me everything uh, that, that he has justly. And, and so th- this, uh, this man was, was uh, completely uh, blown away at this. Like, this, this is logical. It's, it makes sense. It's, it's something I can count on versus sort of optimistic optimism or naive hope or you know, a blind leap of faith. No, we, we have a very objective real reason to believe God and trust him. Okay, um, so I hope that's helpful uh, uh, to you. Uh, so the next thing here is not only free access to God, but we can yield obedience unto him. This is something new, something new. Uh, you can yield obedience to him. This is not something that is normal, not something normal to this world in a state of sin and misery. But you can yield obedience to him and, and your motivation to yield obedience to him is completely different it is completely changed it's not out of slavish fear but of a childlike love and willing mind okay let's look at romans 8 14 and 15 and first john 4 18 real fast someone get those two thank you for those who are led by the spirit of god yeah, the freedom expands not just into the freedom from the guilt, the corruption, and the future damnation, and all this stuff, but the sanctification we feel, the adoption, and, the, and its privileges we feel, the, the boldness to approach the Father with childish or childlike dependence. And, uh, uh, and confidence that we can count on him. Uh, beautiful, beautiful words. Uh, now, uh, what's the first John four eighteen say? There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Yeah. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected. Yeah, right. We, we, don't, we don't come out of fear that we're going to be crushed by God anymore. He's not a, he doesn't relate to us as, as, as we would be citizens approaching the judge but he's not only the judge but he's the father he, we have a special relationship there's that old photo of of um, john f kennedy's uh kid playing underneath the uh the, the desk of the oval office in the oval office and you got like we got access to you know we're, we're you know any other person who doesn't have access would be afraid of trying to i mean like secret security guards would be on you like instantly if you if you just waltz into the white house and try to get to the oval office but as the child of the president, he has access and without fear. He has no, no, like he's playing. He's literally playing under the desk uh, in this fo- famous photograph of, of the, in the office there. And that is a picture of what a Christian can and, sh- and will experience, in, even in this life, uh, of the uh, childlike dependence and joy and love, not fear, toward the Father. A childlike love and willing mind. Beautiful stuff. Now, the thing, the thing you got to know here is this is not just the New Testament times uh, that we're experiencing this. David experienced this. Abraham experienced this. Moses experienced this. 
Here's some things it says here on the second part of this answer. All which were common. All these things. We, we've mentioned, oh uh, man, ten, 10 or so things. I don't remember the, I don't know the no, exact number of, of phrases they've said, but probably 10 plus. And it says, all of which were common also to believers under the law, but under, but, but under the New Testament, the liberty of Christians is further enlarged in their freedom and particularly from the yoke of ceremonial law, we talked about that last time, uh, to which the Jewish church was subjected. And notice it calls the, the old covenant believers the Jewish church. Uh, when did the church begin? Uh, not necessarily at, uh, in Acts 2 with the Pentecost, but he calls it the Jewish church. They call it the Jewish church, meaning the assembly uh, of all the believers throughout all history uh, who were prior to Christ. They're trusting in Jesus as well. They're trusting in Jesus uh, through the ceremonial forms and preaching that they heard, that they saw, that they experienced. They heard the, the word of Christ through the ceremonial types and shadows and figures. So that's a, that's a, it's the same message. It's the same gospel. But it was in, uh, you know, we had less, less uh, clear revelation here. Uh, and it's further clarified as we go along in, in redemptive history. But uh, you, you see here that it was no different. The same Christ, the same salvation, same freedom were there. However, in greater measure now. In greater measure, and that's due to the greater boldness of access because of who Christ is and what he's done, he, what he's accomplished. We've seen it. Uh, we have revelation to testify to it. And that would be uh, looking at, uh, let's go to Hebrews 4, 14 and 16. To speak to that. In greater boldness of access to the throne of grace. Who's got the Hebrews verses? <clears throat> Dale? Thank you. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Mm. Confidence, grace, and help in need. Approaching it with boldness. Now, this is, this is really what Christianity is about. It's not just a, hey, I got out of hell, free. But I have the relational dynamic of freedom, with God, this is the this is the issue. This is what we get. This is the beauty of it. Now, here here what he says also in in Hebrews ten nineteen and through twenty two. If you flip a couple pages, it says, "Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence again, confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that He opened for us through the curtain, that is through His flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God." Here's the payoff. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and bodies washed with pure water. Now, how about that? That is the, um, uh, the, the, the assurance that we have is due to our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. We are washed and cleansed by the blood of Christ. So... We are completely at, 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 uh, at, at our rights, and it is our, it's our 
inescapable longing and duty to go to Christ, to go to God, to go to Him, and, and, and bring our request to Him. All right, let's uh, move to uh, the next section. It says, um, And in fuller communications of the free Spirit of God, then believers under the law did ordinarily partake of. Yes. What does he mean when he says, in the fuller communication of the Spirit of God, then believers under the law did ordinarily partake of? What do you think you're getting at there? The Holy Spirit. Yeah, we have the Holy Spirit. Listen, listen to what John, John says. I mean, John 7, when Jesus is speaking. But it, it, here's, hear what it says, 7, 8. And, and it, it calls this, Whoever believes in me, as Scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, he said this about the Spirit, whom, he, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So there is the difference. Uh, the Spirit had not been given. Uh, was the Spirit active? Yes, the Spirit was active. The Spirit had not been given personally to the believers. And why would he be given? Well, he's going to take the presence of Christ and unite us to Christ where Christ is, we are, where, where we are, Christ is. And we're going to be able to hear uh, the, from Christ by the ministry of the Spirit. And that's the beauty of it. He's going to remind us of the gospel. He's going to teach us the word. Uh, and the ministry of the Spirit is going to uh, call us, uh, transform us, regenerate us, sanctify us. The Spirit's going to work in a way that was not available in the Old Covenant. Beautiful stuff. Okay. Other th- any thoughts on the liberty we have? This is the liberty you have. Do you feel like you feel this all the time? <laughs> I mean, like, this is a, it's like, oh, is this all theoretical? Well, no, it's not all theoretical. All of us, like, uh, like we, ha- we experience this in, in bits and pieces. And, and days we feel uh, more freedom and less freedom. And, and you know, none of us are going to have a, a perfect day because, well, we have the presence of sin still. We have the in- indwelling sin that is still there that needs to be mortified. And we're going to think wrongly about who Christ is and who we are. And this is, this is why the Heavenly Father disciplines and sanctifies and, and leads us along uh, and, and continues to minister to us to prepare us for the promised land. We are going to be there with Him, dwelling face-to-face in fellowship with Him, but we're not ready actually yet uh, for that. So we're, God's working to, to sanctify us for that day. Um, and He will finish His work. Every good work you'll finish. So uh, let's look at the second section real fast. Uh, God alone is Lord of the conscience and hath left it free from the doctrines and commandments of men which are in anything contrary to his word or beside it in matters of faith or worship. So this is a huge point, uh, is that you can be led all along, right, by every uh, every day. You, you hop, on, hop on your uh, internet, you hop on your Facebook, you hop on your news, and you just got indoctrination after indoctrination of what people want you to do and become and and care about and we are free to not care about the things that the world cares about and care about what christ cares about actually we are free uh in that in that liberating i don't have to every 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 crisis is not a crisis i have to deal with like i'm I mean, like god's reigning and ruling I, I am not i'm not it's not on my shoulders i mean this is a huge burden lifted off of me i mean god is there is a lord and he is reigning and ruling and he's given me a word to guide me on what to care about, what to, what to do. I have the word, and it's limited. It's limited in scope. It doesn't tell me. I mean, it, it, I, I, you know, if I don't have a word, I don't know what to, what to hear, but I have a word. It's objective. It's written down. It's, it's there. Uh, 
uh, not limited in that it doesn't tell me what I need to know, but it's limited in that it's there, you know, versus not being there, not being available as, as if you didn't have it. Okay, you see what I'm saying there? Free from the doctrines and commandments of men uh, and anything which is contrary to his word, beside it in matters of faith or worship. Should we listen to people? Could they have good advice for us on other matters not pertaining to faith and worship? Sure. I mean, George Fulmer made a good drill. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can take his advice on, hey, I might want to buy this drill. I mean, so these are things I might want to do. I mean, these are things uh, I might want to listen to somebody who has some expertise on this, that, and the other thing because there's things called common grace. Because we live in God's world, we're going to find uh, truth. Uh, we're all going to find truth and come at it even though we start at the wrong place uh, outside of Christ, outside of obeying his word. But, but yeah, see that, you know, but as, as it regards faith or worship, I'm only listening to God's word. God's word teaches me how to, how to believe, what to believe about God, and how to worship him. Okay, those are the points. Uh, okay, we're, we're out of time, so we're going to cut it here, and we'll, continue, we'll wrap it up next week speaking about this Christian liberty, what do we do? What do we not do? What are we going to like? So here, these are, this is a hugely important lesson. So don't miss next week. I mean, like whatever you have going on, if you've got vacation, cancel it. You know, like, <laughs> be, be here because you need to be here for that one. And we'll probably, uh, we'll probably uh, record it as well and put it online. But I uh, appreciate you guys being here and bearing with me. Uh, we'll do better next week. And uh, let's pray before we get out of here. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for all of these blessings that you've bestowed upon us merely by your grace, merely by your love for us. You have loved us with a love uh, before we were created, before we were known uh, to ourselves. You knew us and you foreordained that we would be called yours and that we'd be called uh, Christians in Christ and followers, disciples, and we would be your church. And so we, we thank you for adding us to what they called the Jewish church, adding us in to be a part of your body. And we ask that you would help your body to love you and worship you today, that we would serve you in the, in the hour of worship and on into all the avenues that you have given us to enjoy the freedom that you've given us uh, through Christ. We ask that you do this in Jesus' name, for his glory. Amen. Thanks, guys.